With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Thursday's episode of a Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined over the line by Joel Sked. Hello. Hello, and this is the first in our annual tradition, the top 12 lists of top flight players at each position. Well, not every single position, but the, 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 the main categories of positions. So goalkeeper, fullback, centre midfielders, etc. And we begin with goalkeepers. So it's always myself and Joel that do this. This year's list made me happier, Joel. I thought there was more quality this year overall. There is, um, there is, there is somebody in at number twelve who I don't think is of much quality, and I think, but I think there are living good goalkeepers in the league overall. Uh, some are having a bit, some are having a bit of shaky time this campaign, but uh, overall, in terms of reputation and standing, and whether I would feel comfortable having them keep going for my team, I think there's a living good ones. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think there was 11, 11 names there that I'm quite content with being on my on my list, which is has not has always been the case. And yeah, I think it's important to remember there's there's certainly a few goalkeepers who <clears throat> the two in particular or two or three in particular had kind of poor starts this season, and there's maybe another one or two have been a bit more shaky recently. So there'd be very few that can be consistent through the season, but. Looking over beyond this season into like the, their past, their, uh, there's there, there's enough evidence there to suggest that they very much deserve to be on the list. And <clears throat> straight off the bat, I would just say there'll be a lot of um, inconsistencies and um, <clears throat> yeah, inconsistencies with my judgment as to why Co- a certain contra- player a is there. A lot of contradictions coming, is there? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Right, who's your number twelve? Uh, my number 12 is Ross Laidlaw. Yeah, it's the same here. I briefly thought about picking Scott Bain because if I, myself as a Hearts fan, if we were going to sign a backup for Craig Gordon, more on him later, and we had the choice that we were going for Ross Laidlaw and Scott Bain, I think I would rather we signed Scott Bain than Ross Laidlaw overall. 
but you can't. I didn't want to be boring and pick a you know somebody who's barely played for Celtic this season. It is the is the number twelve. So and I don't think and I also don't think there's too much in it as well. So I went with Laidlaw instead. He didn't even come into didn't even come into my thoughts uh, just just before we came on. So about maybe half an hour ago. I kind of thought, Kevin Dabrowski? And then he's played, I don't know, two or three games. I think there's a good... Four, good, four, and he's, four, four in his Hibs career. I think there is a good goalkeeper there, but he's seen in the derby, unorthodox at times, and there's just such, there's there's not enough sample size at a top flight level to warrant in there. And then you've got, is it Ashley Maynard Brewer who took over from uh, Laidlaw? Yeah. He's not someone I... I've seen too much of, uh, but I, what I have seen of, I've never been sold on him. And Laidlaw, there's always a bit of confusion that he was still a Premiership goalkeeper, especially when he was with uh, Rovers. Potentially, Sean wasn't uh, wasn't sold on him, and I don't think he was great lower down the leagues. But you have to say, over the last what season and a half or so, he's been he's he's been decent enough. I think you could compare Maynard Brewer and Laidlaw's time together in the top flight of the season. They've roughly, I think Maynard Brewer maybe played a little bit more, but they've roughly yeah, shared similar similar types of game time. I think Maynard Brewer has... I think Laidlaw had a very bad start uh, to the campaign. Um, I, I done my done what I'd done last year, looked through the kind of... the shots against for every goalkeeper in the top flight and kind of made notes of how many I thought were good saves, how many I thought were outstanding saves, and how many I thought were goalkeeping errors. Ross Laidlaw, I think three of his goalkeepers, I had him making four obvious goalkeeping errors across the season and three of them I think came in within August or at least within September. Since oh, really? then only I'd, really I'd, his... I had him had making two obvious mistakes. Overall? For, for I was quite harsh yet. in some... I was, uh, right, maybe not obvious, but I, I put goalkeeper errors. There was maybe some harsh. There was maybe some absolute okay. howlers that I could have put in as well. But I, I had four and I think I had three of them in August. The only one recently being the... The weak wrist at uh, Jake Doyle Hayes' goal in the in the game against Hibs. So I think he's rebounded. I'm going to uh, talk about another goalkeeper uh, in this list as well who's kind of rebounded for being out of the team. So I think he's, with the exception of that match at Easter Road, he's done better recently. And um, Maynard Brewer, but, uh, he's a younger goalkeeper, so you know, I can see in time he'll be a better goalkeeper than Ross Laidlaw. And he did make a, kind of some, some very decent saves as well. I think with Maynard Brewer, he made more obvious errors for me. Uh, his handling was quite suspect, especially in that. I don't know if it was the last game he played. The game against Rangers recently, the 3 all draw. It uh, might have been his last game in goal. He was ropey as anything. Mm. He Every every shot hit right at him. He seemed to have to gather at the second attempt. He was a... And, um, I'm trying to remember he was dodgy for at least a couple of goals, but he really looked shaky in that game. And it was quite surprising because... It's kind of like that was the first one I watched because in, in Weisskett it goes in kind of like chronological order from like going backwards through time and starting yeah. with the most recent clips. So I was like, oh God, is he going to be horrendous like this the whole season? But he was generally fine in that regard. But for whatever reason in that game, maybe his confidence was already low from, from making some earlier mistakes. But he had a, a real, real kind of torturous afternoon that one. It wasn't a surprise to see him go out. Laidlaw, he's... Um, like I say, he has he has uh, rebounded. Something I don't really like about Laidlaw is that he, he's a little bit weak with a lot of his parries. He doesn't really get enough distance on them. And I think looking at Laidlaw, with compared to most of the other goalkeepers in the league, especially well, especially looking at the rest of the top twelve, I think he's slower than the rest of them in terms of getting down and getting across. Yeah, I actually thought he's um, thought his feet movement is quite slow. 
Uh, that's that's one thing I noticed, like which obviously is a key thing for getting across the shots. And you look at someone with his size. There's uh, someone who's at eleven um, who will talk about his size and why he doesn't make the most of it. Again, Laidlaw, for someone of his size, he shouldn't get beaten f- by as many long range shots as he does. Uh, but he has he has a habit of conceding long range shots and. That's always, I mean, that's always a red flag with a goalkeeper of of, of his stature. But at this, the same time, he's been he's been much more reliable than I thought he would be for for would be for Ross County. Uh, he, surprisingly, he's not too bad with the ball at his feet. I think a big thing with Malcolm McKay. I think the more focused on playing short, despite the presence of uh, Jordan White. They don't go as, uh, don't go that long. Yeah. Right, let's get to num- your number 11 then. My number 11 is Matt Macy of Hibernian. Same. So yeah, I mentioned on, when we were talking about Laidlaw, about the other goalkeeper, and uh, Matt Macy is uh, six foot seven. Matt Macy, to give him his, he's given him his Sunday name, that he doesn't, <laughs> he he seems to get smaller when it comes to making, sh- uh, when it's like kind of one-on-one uh, blocks or reflex saves or coming out to and kind of, um, close down a striker or an opponent we've talked about Trevor Carson in the past and he's just like he's just a big square and he just looks like a daunting um, a daunting goalkeeper to try and beat one on one he just he seems to fill the goal I just don't find that with, with, with Macy I mean there's a couple other issues I have with his, his goalkeeper but one thing watching him uh, certainly watching clips back of him is that he he doesn't make the most of his off his, off his size he should really make himself a lot bigger yeah and I, I don't think I still think he made quite a few decent saves I think he gets his angles not too bad but yeah he could spread himself a little bit more and maybe be a tiny bit more braver as well because oh, I still yeah, thought 100%. he was not too I still thought he was not too bad at it coming out at times and, and making it kind of difficult for strikers to get around him but you're right in, in saying that he could still be doing better because there are other goalkeepers better than that in the in this list he is um, one thing I think he's quite good at. He's certainly not good at coming for. Cro- I wouldn't say good at coming for crosses, because he has a tendency to make errors and misjudgments, and it's cost him a couple of times this season. But what I would say is that he at least has more of an enthusiasm for collecting crosses, especially late in games, rather than trying to punch it, which is very much a modern goalkeeper type of thing. Whereas Macy looks to clutch the ball out of the air and that obviously takes a lot more pressure off the defence rather than trying to, to punch it away and basically most of the time giving it back to the opposition. So that's something I will give his due. I do think Macy's pretty good. One thing that I think... So he, I think there's a big leap between Laidlaw and Macy in terms of leap kind of upwards to Macy. I think Macy's a much better goalkeeper and I feel a little bit sorry for him to have him at number 11. I think, and uh, Hibs fans aren't a big fan of him, and I do also feel sorry for him a bit in that regard because he had a very tough act to follow in O for Marciano. And I do wonder whether Matt Macy, had he signed for Hibs 10 years earlier, how different opinion would, on him would have been. I think it would have been quite different. Yeah, he would have been lauded as lauded a, a legend almost. Yeah. <laughs> and another kind of factor as well is that like, when you compare him to Marciano, Marciano made errors as well, and maybe even over the course. So I only really have Macy making three obvious... So this is league games I've only looked at. But I only have, only have Macy making three errors for goals this season. And 
I think, like in most of the Marciano seasons, you would probably have Marciano making as many, if not more. But what you would have for Marciano is a lot more kind of really outstanding kind of how the hell did he do that saves. Macy makes a number of good saves, but he doesn't make a lot of those, you know, Jesus Christ, how did he do that? Yeah, kind of which is which is a prize because you look at, for example, I always look at someone of his stature, compare him to Joe Lewis or Craig Gordon, and they do have the tendency to make these outstanding fingertip saves that... The, like saves that you you wouldn't imagine Liam Kelly or Max Strake could get just because they're they're smaller they don't have as big a reach Matt Macy has that reach and yeah I, I do understand that that kind of frustration uh, amongst Hibs fans that he doesn't do doesn't do that enough. Hi guys, it's Craig Fowler here to tell you how you can get a free case of craft beer from Beer 52. It's business time of the season, this is when things get real, this is when things get tense, and I can think of nothing better than eight crafties to take the edge off, or, as I hope I will be after April 16th, helping to celebrate another famous victory in your team's history. So that's eight delicious craft beers from some of the best breweries on the planet. Simply go to beer52.com forward slash terrace and cover the $5.95 for postage to claim your beers. Every month, Beer52 send a new case with a different theme, usually from a different part of the world. As someone who loves to travel and try new things, this is my favourite thing about Beer52. Yes, I have my usual go-tos in terms of craft beers when I go to the local supermarket, but it's always nice to try something else and Beer52 have you covered. Members have tasted beer from 40 different countries spanning five continents. You also get a magazine which delves into the theme, beer and producers. And there's two tasty snacks, typically of a salty variety, which just makes you want to have that beer even more. You also have the option of choosing a light beer only or a mixture of dark and light. There's no minimum commitment and you can pause or cancel at any time. Don't forget, that's beer52.com forward slash terrace to claim your free case now. Right, let's go to number 10. Who have you got? I have got Livingston's Max Strake. I have him higher. Uh, quite oh, a wee okay. bit higher, actually. The reason for... <sighs> the reason for him 10 is that I think probably more than anyone on this list, he has a a blunder, like just a, an absolute blunder out of nowhere in him. I, I, I like him, I think he, he has mentioned him earlier on He's a goalkeeper that kind of reminds me a bit of uh, Most uh, resembles Trevor Carson um, mm-hmm. I, I really like I like him as a goalkeeper I think he's got a, a really good stature A really good presence uh, So like with, with going, going back to like Macy and La, uh, Laidlaw They've got, they've got a, a big presence But they're a big presence because they're big, whereas uh, they, they, I don't think they make a most of that presence, whereas uh, Strake certainly does. Um, he is capable of uh, excellent saves. I think he's uh, I think he's really finally kind of fitted into Livingston the way you want to play. Um, and yeah, I just, the, 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 one, the one thing that went against him was his ability to quite literally chuck them in. <laughs> I can probably say more about him when I get to him because I do have him quite a bit further up. Uh, but you're right in what you're saying that when I was kind of d- d- looking at this and I'd, I'd tallied the mistakes for goals, it was that strikes were more striking, I would say. They were mm. like definitely 100% your fault. 
I didn't when I made the overall tallies. I didn't have him that high in terms of overall kind of mistakes that, that contributed to goals, though. So I think he either either doesn't make a mistake, or he, he as you said, literally throws one in. So it depends, and that could often be a lot more striking and sticking the the minds of yeah. fans and, and pundits more. But whether it's more effective or, or, or sorry, less effective for a team, or whether it hurts a team more overall, uh, maybe. But I'm not too sure. Um, and so I've went for him a bit higher but honestly there's we're getting going to get to the point in this list where <laughs> like I was quite comfortable with Macy at 11 and I'm fairly comfortable with my next one and then I kind of, well fairly comfortable with my next one there's, there's a goalkeeper I didn't know where to put in terms of kind of how few game time he's got but the rest of them I mean, you can throw a blanket over one, two, three, four, five, six, I think six or, six or seven names I've got on my list where it's like, if you wanted to swap them about in any order, I wouldn't really, you know, put up too much of a fight. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the, the mistakes off Streck have definitely... Um, I've definitely had a big influence on, on his place and like you said there's there's a lot of decent goalkeepers uh, a lot of good goalkeepers and you, you, you take two or three of those um, mistakes out and it could easily push him up uh, a fair few places because when he does he is capable of having an absolute um, superb uh, game I can't remember if it was this season or last season I remember one against Celtic where it was just he just uh, I think it was last year it was one of his first games it was just uh just making just he's, he's incredible saves, but I think now he's a bit just more of a consistent, more so than last, last season, a con- consistent, reliable, reliable goalkeeper. Okay, my number ten is purely at number ten because for the last two seasons he hasn't been a first choice goalkeeper, and I just thought. At some point, there has to be a punishment for that. So if I was starting a team, so usually it's, I'm going to, again, you talked about contradictions at the top of the show. This is contradicting what I usually want. I usually kind of, when I'm trying to make tough decisions in, in these lists, I usually put myself in the mind of, instead of trying to analyse, I put myself in the mind of a Hearts fan and think, right, who would I rather have if there was an option between signing these two? And so this goalkeeper would figure probably, I don't know, top four, top five maybe um, in the list based on that metric, but the fact that he's not played a whole lot, and he's really not played a whole lot this season especially, and I have to give some sort of punishment for that, and I also think as well, if he hadn't ple- previously played for Hearts, then it would have been punished him more, and that, that if, to have him very high would be my bias, because I've seen him play at Tynecastle for the season, and I know how good he is, but had he played for St Johnson or something, I probably wouldn't have done it, so I'm going to go against that grain, and I'm going to have John McLaughlin as my number 10. Yeah, that's fair. I've I could have, I've put him as eighth, uh, but that's the highest. I was that's that's literally the highest I was going to go to put him in. Like you, I could have probably could have punished him more and dropped him to dropped him to ninth or tenth. Um, <clears throat> but I think you make I think we make a very good point that it's because we've seen him for Hearts and he was so good for Hearts and then he's gone uh, he's gone down south and came back up to Rangers. But when he has played for Rangers, he has uh, he's not been. He's, he's, he's not let the team down. I think he he's is Mr. Reliable, isn't he? Yeah, so I was going to say he is out of this out of this these twelve goalkeepers, you can make the case for him being like the most reliable, most steady, uh custodian. Looking at the goals he has conceded this season in the league for Rangers, and they were all ex from what I can remember, they were all excellent or um finishes or, or, or shots. 
So I didn't really have one as uh, as a mistake, but it's a very small sample size. But yeah, he's just someone I really I really like as a goalkeeper. He, he is for a big like a, a big club. He is the ideal number two that you know when he's going to come in. He is there's not going to be a massive drop off in quality, and you know you're safe with uh, McLaughlin McLaughlin in there. He's got the big uh, big reach, big presence. Um, make, he really fills a goal up. I think he's good one on one. Kicking's not going, not is never going to be his uh, strongest attribute. But uh, as a goalkeeper, I think he's he's very very good. Who is your number nine then? My number nine is Joe Lewis. Uh, same here. Yes. So Lewis is the big the big thing that stands out for Lewis is. There's save percentage is the so out of the fourteen goalkeepers I looked at or on Y Scout of uh, the fourteen that I considered, he has the worst at sixty point two seven, which is quite not, not quite bad. It's frankly terrible when you consider that <laughs> you go up. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, 10 there's 10 players on who have 70 or above and the, the, um he is he's he's down there at the bottom a, a fair bit on his own he uh and even away from some of the egregious mistakes he's made which he's made a few this season I've watched him and I've just I've actually I've watched Aberdeen quite a bit this season and I've just never felt comfortable with Joe, uh, Joe Lewis in goals as in the Joe Lewis of old that we have rated as the best goalkeeper in the league uh, in previous seasons. He just does he just doesn't look um, he just does some things where whether it's saving a shot where it just doesn't look as comfortable if, if it's putting the ball back into a dangerous area if he's uh, slow to react to things uh, he's and then when he is making these mistakes and he's not making the exquisite saves that we've seen him in the past then it shows up some of his other games like he's kicking he looks so uncomfortable again not helped by Stephen, uh, Stephen Glass's Ambition to play from the back for Aberdeen with Joel, like there's like the Joel Lewis, David Bates, uh, Declan Gallagher players, players like that. It's just not really there. It's not really suited to them. Uh, so yeah, Lewis has just uh, has regressed because last season he wasn't wasn't great, and he's I, th- I think he's got worse. Yeah, the thing I've kind of noticed from looking at him this season, I didn't quite fully understand the the stats when I saw them when I kind of watched each of the shots he's faced. It didn't really stand out to me as as being as terrible. Is the stats kind of had at us, so I kind of took that with a little bit of a pinch of salt. What I would say, though, I, I have noticed that his positioning uh, looks a little bit off compared to what he used to be. Uh, I don't think he's quite in the ideal place as much as he, he, he once was, and that was what kind of stood out for me. What I will say in his defence, I think since he's back in the... T- did he... Was he dropped to the team for Gary Woods? Is that right? Or was I just... So was I, that a fever I, dream that I had? I thought he was dropped and I think there was maybe one or two games but he's, he, I'm sure he picked up an injury at some point and that kind of right. allowed Glass to change it but uh, there, was, there, was, I think there was one or two games where he was on the bench which says a lot. The last act of a desperate man from Stephen Glass. <laughs> um, but it says a lot but at the same time it says wild because he's definitely better than Gary Woods and uh, he's still definitely better as well and like, even though he has made some mistakes this season, I think he's in decent form at the moment. I think he's last... I mean, maybe there's a a cup mistake that I'm 
blanking at my mind because I was only looking at the league ones, but I don't think he's made an obvious error for a goal in a league game since Dundee United in, in November when his positioning was very off for United's uh, late goal, I think it was, in that game. But he's still, they're still good stuff about him. He's, he's not, one problem, I don't think he's making many outstanding saves anymore. Joe Lewis used to make extended saves once every you know couple of weeks, whereas now he's just making a, a, a number of decent saves and he's still there's still a degree of comfort there for me with Joe Lewis that and I don't I think his demise has been a little bit exaggerated because Aberdeen have been that shit and he's been there for a long time and fans are kind of jump on that a bit more especially since he's not as good as he used to be but I still think he's comfortably belongs in this list I think these. So you not. You said he's not made a mistake since November. I mean, you could you could probably say this about all the goalkeepers, but he's been on the cusp of making some very poor ones. Just with uh, probably what the word to describe would be untidy, and I think that's what Lewis has been um, certainly for the last eighteen months. And he's not. He's 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 been quite an untidy goalkeeper. Okay, you've got John McLaughlin at number eight. Anything to add on him? No, no, I think I said all I had to say on, on on the matter. I'll go to my number eight then. Somebody who had a very poor start to the season has got better since then, but I have deducted him quite a bit for his poor start, and that is Jack Anik. Okay, yeah, so I've got him, got him slightly higher. He is a good presence, uh, a big presence of the goal. Um, that's something that I think is true of local goalkeepers on this list, pretty much like um, Ross Laidlaw is a bit... Yeah, a bit wiry. Joe Hart's not the biggest, but uh, John McLaughlin's also as well quite thin, but majority of them are kind of really kind of broad-shouldered kind of big guys, and, and Anik's certainly one of them. Um, he often, I think his movement's really kind of good around the box, he's positioning, like he gets a lot of shots appear to be hit right at him, but he suggests kind of good reading and anticipation. Uh, he's good off his line to race out, but the reason I, I just, I just, when kind of making this list, I mean, maybe I should have. It's hard between him, him and him and Liam Kelly, which I'm sure we'll get onto soon enough. It's just so similar. I think in terms of both of them are kind of capable of making errors, as I've shown this season. But both of them are also capable of making some outrageously good saves. And I just think with comparing the two of them, because uh, spoiler alert, I've got them back to back in the in the list. I've got Kelly at number seven. I just think there's maybe a bit more of a bigger sample size with. With Kelly, because he not only you know came back in the league last season, was excellent with Motherwell, but also had a, you know, that spell with Livingston where he was very impressive as well. So I probably just bumped him over Anik because of that. Um, but I wouldn't really, like, again, I wouldn't really argue either way. Anik just, he just had a really, really bad beginning to the campaign. That game against Celtic in particular, I think he was like, I mean, if you're not going to say he's majorly at fault, he's at least partially at fault for three of those six goals they conceded that day and he also had a to show like he's, he's worthy as well he also had a couple of really good saves in that game as well and he, he's made a number of those across the, across the campaign but uh, for whatever reason because he was excellent last campaign I think I might have even had him in top three top four something like that he just came out a little bit sluggish this campaign a number of errors that were a bit I mean we saw it as well in the, the Hearts game which I think was the was that the second game of the campaign when they were beaten by Hearts at... Yeah, Boyce, he did make a mistake Yeah, Boyce's goal. goal, yeah. And uh, they just, it kept reoccurring quite a lot of the campaign, but he's in a lot better form of late. And I'm sure, maybe it's a bit of recency bias as well if this if this list was done 
um, with another month or two down the, down the line or, or once we get to the summer and he's not made any other kind of big errors across the end of the campaign then I'd probably have him a lot higher but yeah, diff- a difficult one to call but I've, I've, I've maybe been a little bit harsh on Jack but so be it, he's at my number 8 I uh, so I'm on to my number seven. So like you, I have I have Jack Hannock and Liam Kelly back to back, but I've got them the other way around. Uh, so so Liam Kelly is my my number seven. So <clears throat> I would, may as well I may as well just I tackle both of them, um, and you know, may as well tackle both of them as well because uh, you've got Kelly next uh, next also. Anik, if I had the choice between two for my team, I, I, I mean, I would be happy, be, be delighted with either of them. I like Anik slightly better, though. Uh, yeah, I completely had had a poor start to the season, and I was wondering, like, oh, is, is that a case of just him having had a, a better than expected season previously? But no, he's returned to that. I think he's returned to that uh, that quality that he had. Uh, last campaign, and I, I really like his I like his athleticism. I think his reactions are really really good. So there is some when I was watching the goals he was conceding. There's a few where teams have scored rebounds against St. Benham, but it's came. It's not like him, uh, like a low shot, and he just kind of parried down to a dangerous area. It is like a low shot or a, a cross across the box and someone's uh, someone's directed a shot towards and he just have he's having to uh, react so whether it's sticking a hand out or using his feet uh, and he's he's done that really really well he gets up and moves across the uh, moves across his uh, box really well his six yard box um he's got a really good uh, really good leap uh, really uh, agile these things you can say also about Liam Kelly but the thing I like about Annika as I think all goalkeepers should be good at is using their feet not in terms of distribution but using their feet to save shots because often with especially the low shots you go back we'll probably come up to talk about it Alan McGregor's goal we can see against Motherwell recently uh, his feet movement wasn't great to stop the shot whereas you look at Anik and Kelly as well that they are really really good at getting down uh, getting down and reacting to shots with their feet um, can you basically just improvising and both of them are really good at that the reason I have Liam Kelly uh, one down is that he also had a really poor start to the season. Um, he was he was rubbish against Hearts at um, um, at Tynecastle. There wasn't too many like egregious errors errors, but there was one like uh, there was one that stood out in my mind. I wouldn't call it an egregious error. I've just said it was it was poor goalkeeping. It was against Celtic when I think it was Celtic one two 0 at Far Park and Yota got played in behind O'Donnell and. Kelly's position was uh, all over the shop and then I think a few games later it was against St Mirren in a midweek game he came steaming out and it made it easy for I think it was Brophy to Brophy to score there was indecision and it was so there was poor starts to both of their season the reason with Kelly is that I think Anik is stronger in there with crosses and for for me Kelly has a it's it's a difficult one for a goalkeeper because it's probably more to do with it's it's more to do with the, the defence and the way defence are is that he can get taken out of play with passes across the uh, across the goal so he'll come to his near post and maybe he'll go a step or two too far towards the ball and then it allows 
the allows the attacker if he's got options inside them just to lay off and it gives them an, gives them an easy finish. So yeah, that's my that's my take on the two of those goalkeepers. I have you made a very good case, such a strong case that I've done my traditional swapping of picks after the podcast has started. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've now b- bumped Kelly down to and Janik up to uh, and J- Janik. Oh, that should be his name, Janik. Janik up to seven. And uh, to be fair, it was also because I was, while you were talking there, it gave me a little bit more time to kind of look at my notes. And there was a couple of things I picked up about Kelly that I didn't like, that I kind of didn't talk about, um, that I didn't kind of quite realise or, or, or I'd kind of forgotten about when it came time to actually putting these goalkeepers in order. So Kelly, I should say he's a good things first. He's in great form at the moment. Uh, he... There's, I mean, if they could SBFL, they've got the time to put a highlight reel together of the saves that made this season, then he will feature a lot he's made. I, I think I had him down as making eight outstanding saves across the campaign, which, I mean, I only had Craig Gordon down for making uh, six. So that shows you how good I think he's been this campaign, Kelly, in terms of some of his like incredible shot stopping. He really gets around the goal well. He's got good mobility. Like, he used... Like, like when you say sometimes the goalkeepers like they don't move their feet enough and they don't get across, Liam Kelly's definitely not that. He, he kind of flies around the goal and, and tries to get his... Like if if the ball's kind of crossed to the back post and he's at the front post, he's probably the best goalkeeper in the league maybe you want in terms of trying to get across to the other end to get something on it. Yeah, so just but, on that, he's, 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 just, he's really powerful and he strikes me as the type of goalkeeper who just... Loves saving shots, loves chuck like in training. He'll just he'll go in and he'll no matter the weather he'll just chuck himself about the goal. And I I, I would imagine that Motherwell if they filmed their their training that he would come out with some absolutely outstanding saves that are just just kind of um, jaw dropping even more so than what he does what he does on a Saturday. A couple of things I didn't like. His handling is a bit it's quite erratic. Uh, he's probably the worst for that in this list in terms of shots at him or that he needs to gather at the second attempt or he fumbles a little bit. And also, he drifts from his line quite a lot, which I don't really like. Like, he'll drift towards the edgy six-yard box and I don't like that for a goalkeeper a lot of the time. I mean, maybe there's reasons for it. Maybe we could get a goalkeeper coach listening to explain why goalkeepers feel the need to kind of move further towards the ball. I think it just cuts down your reaction time. It means that you know, you you see the ball coming, you're trying to get across, you have less, you know, the ball could already be past you by the time you stick your arm out and the ball's not another six yards to travel. You know, why not stay in your goal line and, and use as much time as possible to get across and and, and to poke it away? Uh, I know that's not, that's kind of, that's that's not kind of one size fits all kind of thing, but there was a few times, a few goals that Kelly conceded this year where I kind of thought, you should be six yards back. So I don't know if I don't know if some of the goals you, you might have seen uh, the ones I saw where he was, he was like he was too exposed to one side, uh, or um, t- to allow a, a a player to just slide like slide in uh slide in a teammate, um, but there is definitely advantages to like hearing out towards a striker, and mm-hmm. it's one of those where it maybe depends on it, it, it's kind of. Decision making, as in who is trying to have that split second, like, right, um, I'm just trying to think. So, who's really wasteful in front of goal? Uh, I just keep thinking of Adi Aziz. So, if it was Adi Aziz running through and goal, then you steam out but, towards no, him. But, sorry, you... don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about going out in one on ones, I'm talking about just kind of drifting out to the edge of the box when somebody has a shot from the edge of the area and it's like a crowded right, okay. penalty box. 
Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to criticise somebody for racing off their goal like to stop a one-on-one. But right, so, sorry, Ke- sorry, Ke- got, Kelly you, got you, I've got Ke- you. Kelly has a tendency to, to move towards the play while the play's kind of in front, like, well, there, there's just a kind of normal setup in front of him and somebody might be having a dig from 18 yards or something. Kelly mm. could often be, like, on the edge of the six-yard box and I'm like, why are you there? Get back. Okay, that, 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 that's, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Okay, I think we are... I went to the top six now. Have you said your six? Who was your six? Again? Yeah. So, uh, so Anik, Anik, Anik was Anik was my six, and so the I'm I'm going to guess that you are. Um, so yeah, I'm on a f- five. I reckon. Are you? So are you I've, I've, I've not said I've not said six yet. So my six is yeah. Max Dreek. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, who that's I, the. Who I think, uh, other than the, <laughs> other than the, the, he's made the most obvious errors. Uh, I think. Um, like you say, chucking one in. He does have a tendency to do that because he can make some really daft errors at crosses. But he has won me over this season. I didn't think he was that great last campaign. I thought he was a bit overhyped because he's, he's kind of his better matches came against Celtic and Rangers in games that were on the TV. And I certainly thought he was a better goalkeeper than Robbie McCrory, but it made me kind of maybe realise a little bit more why David Martindale went back to McCrory at times. This season's a different story. Shryak has been brilliant for the most part. And... In terms of like, like noteworthy saves overall. So combining ones that I thought like so like when I put down like a mark for a good save, it was basically like, okay, had that been a goal, would he have been at fault? And if the answer was no, then I would put it down, kind of thing. So them overall with with the kind of saves that were really eye catching. I think I'd streak kind of near the top. Only Craig Gordon for me, I think tallied more. Uh, he's really good with his hands. Doesn't make kind of many kind of errors in terms of handling. Uh, he's good. He's really good for somebody who's quite kind of stocky, almost. Yeah, kind of, kind of real kind of chunky look to him. Without, but we is in fat, but just kind of his body shape is a bit more kind of squarish. He's really good going to ground, and his position is really strong as well. So that's why I didn't kind of, I just basically didn't punish him with too much for some of the more blatant errors that he's made. Like for instance, the shot at Aberdeen that it was just a kind of brain fart that went through his hands, and there's been a couple of times this season where he's. Come across, got nowhere near it, and that's cost Livingston as a result. Uh, let's say that, that 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 that's fair. I would if I, was, if I was to put him up, I would put him above Lewis and McLaughlin. But I'm I'm afraid he's he's I don't think he's as good as either Anik or Anik or Kelly. Cool. Right, let's get to your number five. So five. <laughs> These two goalkeepers have been uh, been going back and forth in my list, but I have gone for Benjamin Segrist, and I have him higher, a lot higher. Well, there's not many, many spaces left. <laughs> not not high enough to, for me to say he was at number four. <laughs> okay, so oh, sorry, sorry, I not think... um, not uh, higher I've got fuck it, I fucked that. He's at number three for me. Right. Okay. I think I've probably been really harsh on Segrist here than been too kind on probably a couple other goalkeepers. Segrist, yeah, get the trade of the way they, is that in terms of the um, why scout kind of prevented goal stat, he is fourth best in the league. Um, that doesn't surprise me, even though he's made more yeah, errors this season. He is a, he's a goalkeeper I, I really, really like 
he combines so many of the qualities we have talked about individually for goalkeepers. Like he's got that presence. He's got um, he's got kind of great flexibility. Um, he's got great agility. He's got um, the capability of making outstanding saves. This season, though, I've, I've, I felt he's not been as good as last season. And a few times, especially recently, I've seen him look. It's kind of similar to to Joe Lewis. Is that he saved a shot? It's, it's it's like someone taking a penalty. He's, he scored the penalty, but it wasn't a great penalty. He's he's done what he's had to do, but it wasn't a great save because there's been a few a few occasions where United recently where he has been he saved a shot and he's put it back into uh, a dangerous area. And I've that was something thought, really that was something that really stood out for me with Seagrest was the amount of times. So, so often as well, he seems to overextend. So instead of pushing the ball out, the ball goes back across his body and out yeah. the other way. But there's, you go back to last season and one that stood out, he had a brilliant game against Celtic and then Ryan Christie had a shot and again, he overextended and the ball ended up, he, like, he palmed the ball up into the air um, rather than palming it away from away from goal or out for a corner. So yeah, Seagrass, that's really really stuck in my mind just because I value him quite highly. It just really stuck in my mind this season. I thought he's regressed slightly and I think he's been more, uh, more liable for... Um, a more a, a bad a, a bad error. I mean, I know it's a Scottish Cup, but for example, against Celtic on Monday, um, yeah, I'm not sure he made as, he's made a couple of those, and I'm not sure he would have he didn't make make as many last season. I don't I don't think or I don't recall. I'd forgotten about that kind of that parrying problem, so I've actually changed my list again. I've knocked him out of four, so he's now four on my list. Um, my number five. This is going to be controversial. This my number five. The angriest man in Scottish football. It's Alan McGregor. Oh. <laughs> yeah. See? Got your attention now, haven't I? Oh. So Johnson just... fans will be sitting there with a hard on. Is Xander Clark going to be number one? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. Spoiler alert. Al- Alan McGregor this season. He's not very good. <laughs> like, and it has to be taken into account. Like, yeah. So can maybe talk about some other goalkeepers in the list and say, yeah, he's made all these mistakes and blah, blah, blah. And Alan McGregor's not made as many mistakes, in my opinion, high as Liam Kelly has, for instance. But he's also higher on the list, so that doesn't go to it. But with Liam Kelly, I'm kind of giving more the benefit of the doubt. He's a younger goalkeeper. He's been very good in the past. He was very good last season. very good with Livingston. Alan McGregor's very good in the past as well, obviously. Tremendous. Incredible career. For like a lot of his career, he would be... There was points in, in the not-too-distant future where he looked a better goalkeeper than Craig Gordon, for instance. So, yeah, like he, undoubtedly, but he is now 40. And he is making a lot of errors this season. I, I, have, I have him down as being at fault for six Rangers goals in the league this campaign. And when you consider the fact that he isn't faced, so that's more... So that's like a higher shot to... Get yeah, error to shot ratio than, than yeah. lost Ross Laidlaw and probably a, a couple others on this list um, because he doesn't face that many shots because he's the Rangers goalie. And it's a weird one because the errors are quite strange because his agility still looks pretty good. But he's taken some really weird positions and angles. Uh, I suppose maybe the angles thing is, to, is something to do with age in, in terms of how your body's reacting. But... There have been just some kind of odd ones so far this campaign. The Ross County ex- ex- game with an example of that, you know, dropping that really kind of weak shot that then that led to a goal. And there's attempt for the county equaliser where he just seemed to be 
it, it was like the as if the goal was a like a, a spectre, like a ghost that came out of nowhere. He was like, oh, sorry, the ball was like a, a spectre that came out of nowhere. He was just like, oh, what and then he just kind of throws his thigh at it instead. Like, there's been a quite a bit of that this campaign for McGregor, and it's just one of those things where at this age, when you have a season that is looking as it's kind of it's been as much of a downturn as his, it's just. It's very easy, but most of the time, quite accurate to go, this is him at the end now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You make a very good argument, especially the... the the mistake-to-shot or mistake-to-shot face ratio. He's just... It's, yeah... It's just been so... It's so weird, like you said, the, the, the kind of the variety of mistakes he's made. The... It was the one against Ross County, Ross County you mentioned where he just seemed like it was a spectre. Yeah. Uh, the ball and he just they just kind of just chucked his chucked his thigh at it. It was just it just just really weird goalkeeper. And the, the one mentioned earlier on against Motherwell where it was Kane Woolery and it was off, almost like he moved his foot away from the shot or away from the ball and it gave yeah. it a space to go into the uh, the front post. And I've, that was that was a time where he, that was a time where he looked old because he reacted very very slowly. Like he kind of moved his leg out after the ball was well past him. Yeah, that he it does the fact that he's, there's there's not been much noise about a new contract for McGregor it doesn't doesn't surprise me. I think uh, I think this could be his his last last hurrah. Reason I've got him, reason I've got him hired is just he is a goalkeeper who's first of all has like so much so many years and evidence past of just how good he is. And also that if there's a goalkeeper, if every goalkeeper is to have the game of their life in this list, um, so, so if everyone was to have a, a, the best game of their life in this list and then you were to list those games, uh, I think it would be McGregor and Gordon to be duking out for that top spot. Yeah. But it's and he still made it... it- and I should say nice things about him because he still is number five in my list. Um, the nice thing should be that uh, he still made some ex- exceptional saves in Europe this season, and that's against a higher standard of opponent who can hit the ball harder, who can hit the ball cleaner. Maybe there is something in terms of that Steven Gerrard had it right in terms of his rotation, so it just meant McGregor could focus a little bit more at this age because there's maybe, maybe some mental fatigue as well that's going on. You know, maybe it's sharp as upstairs, you're maybe a bit more tired all the time because you are getting older as an athlete. So there's a lot of things that come into play with it, but he has still had some, uh, not very, very many exceptional saves in Scottish football, but uh, still does it on the continent. Yeah, and again, I think that, I really shouldn't take that into account, but I think that's probably um, influenced me uh, as in part. No, you probably yeah. can. You can, you can take it into account. I think yeah. that's fine. So yeah, I think it's uh, yes, not 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 cons- not no longer consistent, but still capable of uh, absolute brilliance. So who's your number four? That's what My number four is Xander Clark. I have him number three. That's uh, that's fine. Any higher then I'll be like, hold on, he's had my one number, good my, season. My number four. <laughs> My number four is Benji Seagrest. We've already talked about him, so we can just move on uh, from there. Uh, well, well, I'd just like to add to Seagrest that he still makes a, a number of outrageous saves this season. Like he's still he's shot stopping yeah. is incredible, and yeah, some of the some of the efforts he pulls off are, are mind blowing. Xander Clark. The reason I have him so high, like you say, he's had one good season. I, I disagree with that because I think he had a, a couple of good seasons when he first came through, and then he yeah. probably had about two or three poor ones. 
Then he, then he uh, nearly scored. A lot of people thought he had scored uh, against Rangers at Ibrox last year in his career. And uh, we have to remember that was April, so it wasn't like there was a lot of time left in the campaign. But he had two very good months to end it, and he's carried that into this season where he's kind of rediscovered who he was before. And the thing that really stuck out the most for me is that he plays for St. Johnson. St. Johnson yep. are shite. And I don't have Xander Clark as making a single mistake for a goal this season in the league I might have missed one but I didn't have any and I thought wow that's very impressive because he's also made a number of very good saves as well it's I'm just trying to uh, trying to work work out so I think it must be uh, Parrish has conceded nine goals I've got it as that he has conceded 25 goals in the league which is four less than four fewer than than Gordon um, but I don't know if it's just my the filter I've used on Wisecout has has um, been incorrect. But it's I, I was being I was being flippant with uh, saying it's uh, one good season. But I think you make it's it's right these when he was kind of uh, first eased out. Who was who was it he eased out? Um, um uh, Alan Manis. Alan is Alan Manis. Uh, that. When he first did, he kind of understood why why he did, and there was always there was always something about like he could be a really good goalkeeper if he put like everything together. Uh, because there was obviously going back a few years, there was talk of either him or Jack Hamilton becoming then um, like in the future of Scotland goalkeeper. Jeez, um, <laughs> but it's. I think this is, this is the first season, uh, the first season where it's I think everything's truly come together for Clark. Where he is uh, not making those errors, he is being a bit more. Um, he's he's been smarter or safer with his how how describe this his place selection when he saves a shot. Sometimes I thought he fell into the uh, when you talked about Seagrass is that he was he wasn't as um, wasn't as clean with with certain mm-hmm. saves and he would go in back into dangerous uh, dangerous areas but no uh, there's not really a bad thing to say about Clark this season only only, only positives and the fact that only I think Gordon is the only player to have a better save percentage ratio in the league this season says a lot and no no goalkeeper in the entire league has made has prevented more goals than than, than Xander Clark which again you'd, uh, you can expect when the when St Johnson have been so bad but if St Johnson stay up then a large part of that is down to Xander Clark. He has he's, he's kept them in games. He's kept them uh, off the bottom of the table, and um, he has proven himself to be the, the, the club's the club's best player and deservedly earned um, kind of Scotland Cup. I think it sounds like he's in the running for Terrace Podcast Most Valuable Player Award, the the most prestigious of the Scottish Football Awards. Oh yeah. I'm just off the top of my head. I think it would be very, very difficult to pick out someone who um, usurps some. Perhaps, perhaps Craig Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll get to the other contender. <laughs> It'd be weird to have two goalkeepers in the list. I certainly don't think we've ever heard that before. Right. The uh, number two. We're we both at number two. Hang on. I'm getting confused now. Yeah. I'd Clark at number three. Have you said your number three? Your number three would be McGregor, won't it? So we're both. I think we've both got the same top two. So number two, Joe Hart. Yeah, and kind of, I almost felt like he's in there by default. Almost, <laughs> I can't, can't get what you mean, but I do think he deserves it as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's been, he's been, he's been very, very, very good for considering 
where he was in his career, uh, the, the height of Man City and the way he dropped off. I mean, he was, wasn't even getting a look in at Burnley. He, oh, he was one of those signings made by Celtic. I thought, oh, that's, that, could, that could have a disaster written all over it, that he's kind of past his best, that he'd come in and they really needed a reliable goalkeeper. And you were thinking, this is this, this is a guy who's who's not been that reliable in the Premier League for a, for a while. Again, go, uh, Burnley haven't really uh, taken him, but he's came in and he's been exactly what exactly what Celtic uh, Celtic have needed. His time at Man City has obviously helped him and fit in with playing from the back. I'm sure I've seen uh, one of Celtic stats guys on Twitter today. They just looked at his distribution and it's like any time he's gone long, uh, he kind of gives it away. But everything short. Everything short is accurate, whether it's zipping right, out. His long, kick, his long kick is really bad. Yeah, so yeah, essentially he's long kicking, but like he's he's kind of medium, he's short to medium kicking uh, is 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 very good. Whether it's zipping out to out, zipping out to the wing or just playing it short with the centre backs or in midfield, so he's he's turned out to be the goalkeeper Celtic really needed after last season's uh, last season's calamity. Uh, the only criticism or concern I have is. Watching the goals Celtic have conceded this season uh, from set pieces, it's mental. It's actually mental how many goals they've, uh, the the percentage they've conceded from set pieces. I I didn't I should have counted it, but I would put it in terms of uh, free kicks from out wide, corners or throw-ins. It must be nearly 75 percent of uh, of their goals have come um, have been conceded via uh, via set piece and. Not like a large of them, a large part of them. You weren't really expecting Hart to come for it, but his big mistake this season from the one I can remember was at Dundee when he came steaming out, didn't get anywhere near the cross, and it was uh, it was headed in. Is that I'm really not sure he's as um, as as commanding as other goalkeepers on the list, but that's nitpicking. Other than that, he's I just he's someone who um who's, who played for England for so long and won. Titles for Man City, so you really should. I talked about kind of half expecting him to be a disaster, but then at other end, you look at his his career and you kind of expect him to be very, very good. It's not really anything to remain to add to that. So let's just get to number one. Both uh, we've got on our list. Um, I mean, he's got to be in the running for Player of the Year this year. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Craig Gordon, who's um, which is like Hearts have been in the league, if not for Craig Gordon. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Hearts fans discuss this on social media. Uh, I mean, you I look think at it would be the, up there, but like you, 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 you look at the nature of the Premiership. Yeah, the, the, the nature of the Premiership is as it is just now. It would be a, it would be eight teams duking out for third place rather than uh, seven <laughs> teams duking out for fourth place. So a lot of fans uh, should rightly hate Craig Gordon. Craig Gordon's uh, solely responsible for depriving fans of the most wide-open European race in Scottish football history, especially when there's quite possibly the carrot of eight games in Europe at the end of it. Like, if it's not for Craig Gordon, like, it's literally anybody would have a shot. He's been that good. He's been, yeah, he's been he that good. Been um, but I, I don't know if you if you want to wax lyrical about him uh, be, before I do. Yeah, like he's he, the saves he's made this campaign, like just numerous ones that are like the ones I tallied up on my list. He, as I said, he made the most out of anybody I had him down for for saves. I would categorise as quote unquote good uh, in terms of like if it goes in, you know, he's he's not at fault. 
Uh, I had 19 from for that and I had 6 that I'd categorised as outstanding. So there's 25 saves that he's made that a replacement level goalkeeper might not. <laughs> Which is, uh, is quite something. Um, he's... I love kind of how... He's just so reliable in terms of when a ball's hit at him. You know it's going to be saved. There's not going to be any Joe Pereira on this going on. He, he made, he's made very few errors this campaign. In fact... Only the two that he's made this season that I put down. What, one of them you can what be two? Is, is one of them Rio, Rio Hattai's? Yes. So I thought that was one, but it's still, Hattai's shot is hit with some incredible power that I think a lot of people would argue that's not an, an error. So, and the yeah, other I, would one certainly, I, had, I would certainly argue that. The other one I had was the the second goal at Motherwell, where I think he's just, it's kind of his old thing about crosses and not being quite as commanding enough in his box. Okay. And he just kind of, just kind of follows it to the back post where I think he had the opportunity to go and try and clutch it. But again, that's been maybe a little bit harsh. So you could even say he's not made a single error this season as well, along with making outrageous saves every week. And the, the, when you share with the stats, I wish I'd had time to do more of a deep dive on those stats that you, you did the list you made in Scout because I noticed that Craig Gordon, I think he was second, first or second for interceptions. And this means running from his goal line to stop the ball coming through to a striker. Well, basically, it could mean... That, that's what it mainly means. That's what a goalkeeper will do an interception in the same way a defender would do an interception. It doesn't mean like intercepting a you know a cross with his hands kind of thing. Yes, so just look, looking at it now, he's position... So it's position... Position adjusted interceptions. I'm not sure exactly what that, uh, what that indicates, but um, it is... I'm guessing it's per 90. So yeah, he was 267 Uh just well behind John McLaughlin, four point five. Hmm. D- didn't see him as that goalkeeper, and then ahead of Anakin Hart. But it shows like how much he gets off his line. How like how much he still got left these legs, despite the fact he is thirty nine. Yeah, he's thirty nine. Like how is he rushing off his line so much to stop opposing forwards? But he's doing it, and I don't know how, <laughs> but he's doing it. So I mean, with the exception of his kicking, which has got a lot better compared to his first spell at Hearts. What what could he not do? Yeah, he's, he's kicking his. We compare it. I'm guessing he goes. I'm just looking at long passes. Long passes per ninety is is uh, one. He's fifth in the league for for long passes. So that obviously uh, will bump his his accuracy level down a bit. But yeah, he's <laughs> speaking about uh, speaking about mates at the weekend. I don't. Think there's a bigger disparity in world football between the number one and number two goalkeeper than there is at Hearts at the moment. Um, Ross Stewart, really, <laughs> re- really nice guy, a really popular guy around Tynecastle, but there's just, there's there's kind of no, it's, it's not been harsh on him, it's just that's just how, how good Gordon's been, how important he is to, uh, how important he is to Hearts. Also, Ross Stewart's not very good. It's not the best goalkeeper, no. Right, that'll do us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you'd uh, like to get in t- contact with us about the list we've made, please keep it to yourself. We don't care. And uh, for all other matters, you can find I, I, I us on I'm, Twitter. I'm interested to know. Okay, send it to Joel Sked, uh, at Sked21 on Twitter. Um, and you can say it at Tennis Podcast. Uh, yeah, I suppose I'll, 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 I'll read them. Um, <laughs> at Craig Fowler 86 if you, if you care. That's what my Twitter handle is. 
But if you'd like to listen to the Patreon where we've got much more content, that is patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast to check that out as well. Myself and Joel are going to talk quickly about the Scotland squad that's been announced and uh, the setting up of the friendly with Poland as well. So if you want to hear that, head over there. Uh, that'll be on the £2 per month tier. £2 per month, what a bargain that is. That's like half a pint a month. Come on now. Get involved. Right, Joel, say goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm Craig Fellow saying goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.